superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. With guest host, Susie Schuster. Uh. Game time, little lady, put your tooks up. Flex on them, go ahead, make them choose. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm the first person to say J.J. Watt at Tampa. Earlier on the show, from NBC Sports, Peter King. Coming up, 76ers head coach Doc Rivers. Basketball Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal. Plus, Emmy Award-winning writer Damon Lindelof. And now it's Susie Schuster. What a way to start a Friday! <laughs> what a way to start a Friday! Right. Hi, everybody. Susie Schuster back in the chair for Rich Eisen, taking off a couple more days. I hope that's okay with you. Uh, I, I did throw in some food and some water in the basement, but nice. you know, uh, I'm just saying that the, the door may still be locked. Great to be with you, Chris Brockman, Jason Feller. So What's nice up? to see you hey. in the chair. Thank you. We are missing Mike Daltufo today, but you know you're yeah. a worthy substitute. I'm just glad you know Jason's name. I mean, the last time he was here, I think Rich kind of blanked on it. Yeah, it was a little awkward. <laughs> was, it, was it bad? I mean, <laughs> I almost I, suggested it, and then Chris stepped in. It was one me. of those things where it was like, "Hey, you, you. <laughs> hey guy, great to see, to see you. See you. Hey man, hey buddy, how are you? <laughs> I have pulled some buddies. I have pulled some buddies in my past, but not today. T.J. Jefferson, so great to be with you. Hey, as son. always. Hey you. Sam. Hey you. Yeah. Samsonite. Hey, you. hey you to all you on Peacock and DirecTV and, uh, and Sirius and everybody else listening the out there and terrestrial radio, the mighty 1090. However you're taking it in, however it might be, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We appreciate that you're stopping by for this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Great guest list. And I did book for TJ Jefferson. I did ask Doc Rivers to come on. So as I look at our leaderboard for today. I look at the leaderboards for today, and uh, Peter King up first, which, by the way, great, because you know we're going to talk about what's happening with the NFL, but we'll also talk dogs because I'm in the chair, and it's kind of like I get to pick what I want to talk about, which is dangerous, so never (laughs) a good thing. Um, Remind me to to talk to you about Ted Lasso, by the way, my new favorite show. Everyone keeps talking about how amazing this show is. I want to remind you as they're up for two Golden Globes, and we are on Peacock, so I want to look ahead and try to be symbiotic with the family here. Let's do it. I'm just Synergy. pointing out that I have a new Ted Lasso mug. Whoa. Okay. Oh, just this casual, casual little mug this morning because <laughs> it's a great show. And Jason Sudeikis is up for uh, for a Golden Globe and they are up for best show as well. Um, so Doc Rivers is coming on at, I think, what was that? The 40 of the second hour, which yes. is great. Can't wait to have him. 140 Eastern. Thrilled to have him. Obviously, they had a nice win last night, 111.97. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
not a bad game for the Sixers. And boy, Embiid and Simmons looks really pretty. I mean, that's a nice combo now. What's happening there, Doc Rivers? Putting in work. Yeah, someone, someone's working a little bit. I don't do a show without Shaquille O'Neal because we know that he's like, <laughs> he's my secure, he's my seven foot one security blanket, right, at two Eastern. So I'm excited to have him back in and we'll talk to him a little bit about the insanity that is wrestling. Like, what is he doing? Come on, <laughs> Whatever Shaquille. Whatever he wants. You're, it's Jack's you're 48. world, man. Get out. I mean, it's his world. He's living in it. He's basically pushing every single thing in the world and making bank as we're talking, but still wrestling. Squad goals. <laughs> wrestling? Yeah, Suze. Get, get on board. I know, I'm not on board. Um, it, oh, God. And, the there, and there we go. Now, I put this on because I told him the other day, I'm like, you look good. I'm like, you, you know, you're a little chunky for a while. I was like, Susie Schuster, I was never chunky. I'm like, oh, yeah? <laughs> I covered the Lakers for three years. There were some times where uh, hitting the ding-dongs, but Did not now. Did you just now. go higher register on Shaq looking good? Higher registered? Hey. Yeah, you're like, like, you look kind of good. That means you don't look really good. think that he that looks means, good. That like, means you don't look good, right? Like, oh. Well, even more than that, bro, I mean, that means she doesn't listen to the show all that often because you said higher register and she right, had no and idea. Blanked, like, like, what? what's higher that? Registered? Uh, so, only our most popular segment. little segment that we do around these parts. Do, do you know what I listen to in the car these days? Harry Potter on tape. That's what I'm, I'm telling you right now. And it's awesome. The books? Like the books? The books. Wow. Oh, yeah. We're all into Harry Potter in the house right now. So there's a oh. lot of Harry Potter on tape. And quite honestly, when I get in the car, I like the sound of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did Golden. blast the killers on the way in today, oh, and that go. never hurts anybody. Uh, last guest today at 2.40 is one of my great friends, and I, I have more respect for any writer. There's, there can't be any more respect. Also, all-around great guy, Damon Lindelof. And he is going to be our expert for the Golden Globes. Again, I like to come correct. I like to book, right? I like to bring big names. Damon Lindelof created Lost. He created The Watchmen. And by the way, is huge Yankees fan. So oh. we're going to talk to him about growing up a Yankees fan. Loves the Dodgers, but really more of a Yankees fan. He's got some good stories for that as well. And he's just going to, uh, what's the word? I don't gamble. He's going to, what's he going to do for us with the Golden Globes? He's going Handicap. to. Handicap. That's the word. <laughs> no, let's go. We're an NFL family, so I'm like betting. It's like that frozen no, caveman like, lawyer. I don't understand don't those Don't pretend. Words. You, know, you know what gambling is. You know the terms. Come on. What, what's it called? You're from New England. You get it. What? Handicap. Good morning. How are you? Hey, how are hey. you? Hey, how are Daddy you this morning? Your me. How are you? Uh, in in I like fact, I probably will. She's probably watching on Peacock right now. So there you go. Um, Mrs. Schuster would say hello to her. Well, well thank you. Also, thank shout you. out Blake Shelton. What's what up, Blake? Blake? Hey, what up, Blake? Driving around. Cousin. Hey. Don't play it today, Jason. <laughs> you oh, have come to. on. Jason, you have to play it because Blake's listening. Well, you know Blake's Good morning, listening. Blake. Hey, Blake. How are what's you? Up? When it comes to football, oh, it sure is a wise sing Don't Brockman. sing, guys. Don't do it. We have to. <laughs> Rich Eisen. Hey, Blake. Hey, Blake. Blake. Moving on, as we would say in the business. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Uh, guys, I, I need to start the day talking about the situation in Seattle. Yeah, what is it's, it's, Are they sleepless? Uh, I've been really nice. wow. Good Meg nice. Ryan reference. It's just ramping up. It's just getting wild. This is what I have to say, and I and and I'm going to turn back to camera one for that. Even though you're very handsome, Chris. Thank Bradley. you. <laughs> I've known Pete Carroll for 25 years. If there's one thing I know about Pete Carroll, he is a players coach. Now he was to his detriment in New England, 
He then went to USC, and I was the host of the USC pregame show for those years, and I did, I did, a, I, I was on Fox Sports, and then at the time, I was at USC every day. I saw Carson Palmer, a shadow of a kid. He was decimated because of Paul Hackett's offensive, maybe I should say machination. And Big he, word alert. he turned him into a Heisman quarterback. Matt Leinart, Heisman quarterback. He goes to Seattle. They win a Super Bowl. We all know what happened when they went back with the famous Malcolm Butler moment. But they signed Russell Wilson to an extraordinarily large deal in April 2019, four years, 140. This is, a, this is a coach who loves players. This is a 70-year-old coach who goes and runs laps and runs sprints, and he's out there throwing the ball before every game. He's a player's coach. So what went wrong? People are wondering who talked to the athletic. And I, I heard some people saying, well, it must be someone from within the organization. But that's not Pete's MO. Pete's MO is not to play the media that way. And I don't want to hear fake news because I can't stand that. The media is there both ways. A player can reach out. The organization can reach out. It just doesn't seem right to me in my gut that Pete Carroll at age 70 would want to start over. So I'm curious, is Russell Wilson looking around and seeing Deshaun Watson, a 25-year-old quarterback without a Super Bowl, uh, or or, a 25-year-old quarterback without a ring, is he seeing him being told that he's part of the process, but then he's not, so he's angry, and he wants out? So he's saying he wants out. And we see Patrick Mahomes, and he can do no wrong. Right, So they're giving him a chance to be a part of the process. Tom Brady's obviously part of the process. He wanted Antonio Brown. He got him. He wanted Gronk. He got him. He's got players who are excited to be with him. He can do no wrong. So here's Russell Wilson. and He's thinking, what more do I need to do? (laughs) I'm banged up. My running backs are banged up. My offensive line's not great. I think that's being generous. Is he the one, I'm curious, saying, I want out? And that's my thought on the day, because I think, TJ, as we look at this, and we look at the guys, by the way, the other thing that's so funny is if you look at some of the guys around the league who are trying to recruit him to come, <laughs> I think we've got some good graphics to come up. Uh, maybe we'll go to Michael Thomas first. He shows um, the Saints receiver showing, uh, hey, here I am with Russell Wilson. And by the way, if you're you're Drew Brees, you're like, wait a minute, I haven't retired yet. <laughs> it's like it's like the old True. Monty Python. I'm not dead yet, right, right? right? I'm not dead yet. And and um, we got uh, let's see, we got uh, Tyreek Co- Cohen. Tyreek Cohen, yeah, the Bears. Tyreek Cohen saying, uh, throw up a couple graphics here. You call, bro. <laughs> and then by the way, like how many minutes later? Two minutes two later. Minutes later pull up, gang. To Deshaun. <laughs> like, nobody got number four. <laughs> Now, by the way, you think he wants to play with Trubisky next year? I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't. By the way, so. headphones, put those yeah. on Mitch, because earmuffs, that, that yeah. can't earmuffs. feel good. Earmuffs, Mitch, earmuffs. Earmuffs, right? Earmuffs. You don't want that. And so, Nick, Nick Foles, too, right? Oof, not good. So my question is, could this be Russell Wilson saying, you know what, maybe I'm kind of done and in, 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 maybe, maybe I'm done with Seattle. Maybe Ciara would prefer to live in New Orleans. I don't know. It's so interesting to me that, you know, Adam Schefter had the report that Russ's agent said he's not demanding a trade. He's not 
demanding a trade. He wants to be in Seattle. But here are the four teams that I wouldn't mind going to. If, uh, just in case. Just in case. It's like, it's like, somebody had a tweet yesterday. It's like, I'm not asking for a divorce, but here are the girls I can't wait to date once I get divorced. It's like, interesting. And then, and then the list of teams, kind of shocking to me, right? I, I understand the Saints. They are ready-made to kind of win a Super Bowl or contend for a Super Bowl. And I understand Dallas also kind of ready-made. But the Raiders and the Bears? Those I mean, two teams I really don't understand. Well, let's think. Is it location? Is it... Does it see that When I see those teams, I think, like, what is it about them that makes him want to go there? I'm with right. you. I, I don't quite right. get it. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe he's really into... Wanting to play with John for John Gruden or some of the young receivers that the Raiders have, Josh Jacobs might be might be interesting. From Chicago, maybe he wants to get back to a team with loaded on defense, and maybe he can get Allen Robinson to stick around. Tariq Cohen, young running back, Dave Montgomery, they're tight. I'm not sure. Like I said, understand Cowboys and Saints. I understand staying in the NFC. You don't want to play. You don't have to go through Patrick Mahomes no. or Justin Herbert or any no. of these young guys to get to the Super Bowl. I understand staying in the NFC. I just really don't get Raiders and Bears. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand those. I don't think anybody does, which is why yeah. we're going to talk to Peter King about it in, in the next segment because maybe he can, as we like to say, lend some perspective on this, but it doesn't make much sense. Let's face that. And, I, and I've seen everywhere, and TJ, I, I wonder how you feel about this. I've seen people saying, well, what about the uh, Dak Prescott situation there? And... Maybe there's an exchange to happen or what have you. But at this point, again, I keep going back to Pete Carroll doesn't want to start over right now. This is not the time for Pete Carroll to start over. And by the way, he is Benjamin Button. (laughs) He's not, I mean, compare him to some of the, isn't he the oldest coach in the the National Football League right now? I think he was. He's. Is is Bill older? He's seventy. No, I think I think Pete's the oldest. Pete's old. but Pete looks like he's twenty five. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, remember he when is... he took his shirt off with decaf with DK Brockman? I call him decaf, of course. And it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, Pete's sixty nine. I think Bill's sixty seven. To be honest. Yeah, decaf. You know, it's funny. Like it's I always joke around about like everyone shortens names. Oh, see, I mean, look at him. I mean, like the guy is the fountain of youth. <laughs> yeah, but really I is. don't believe that Pete Carroll. Wants to start over now, when you have when he has Russell Wilson there. Predictions, I, I predictions he, it works out right. Predictions? Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't imagine a scenario where Russ isn't the starting quarterback for Seattle unless some team comes in and offers four first round picks or or if the Bears three first rounders Khalil Mack and. Someone else, another player. I guess Seattle says yes to that. The thing is, is that if you look at where these guys are picking in this year's draft, they're mid to end of the first round. So they're not really in a position where Seattle could take their first round pick and then still have a chance to get one of these young guys coming out in the draft. They would have to then package those picks that they got from Team X or Team Y and then move up again. So it really doesn't make any sense. I can't see a trade. I mean, 99% I can't see a trade happening no. for Russell Wilson. But it's certainly fun to think about and, and fun to speculate over. Oh, yeah, because right now all we can do is look like experts, even though we're the farthest thing from it. <laughs> <laughs> but we can pretend and we can speculate. I just keep going back to the I, – I know, I, I know Pete, and this is not the way he operates. This is not 
a Pete Carroll playbook thing. So I think we're seeing a shift. I think we are seeing a shift of quarterbacks, especially wanting to play a role. It started in the NBA. It's come to the NFL. We're seeing that relationship change. Things are changing. This is an evolving league. And I think it's, it reminded me as, as I was driving in today, uh, the old Bill Parcells thing about, you know, what was it? Brockman, you're shopping for the groceries. He wants to cook or let me, let me screw this one up totally. But you remember that one. It's like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to let me cook or something, at least let me shop for the groceries. For the groceries, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that Russell Wilson is going to shop for the groceries. I think Tyree Cohen's looking to shop for the groceries, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I think that there's a shift towards players wanting to be heard. They want to be heard. They want to be a part of the process. Deshaun Watson was told he would be a part of the process. He's angry that he's not a part of the process. And also, there's also some kind of like voodoo going on, something strange. We will find out. Like I said yesterday, this will be a real sports investigation at some point. But we will find out. It'll, it always comes out, does it not? Yeah, like Stephen A. kind of said yesterday at the end of yesterday's show, something happened, somebody did something to him, uh, whether it was with their words or with their actions, and Deshaun's pissed. And there's no reason to question why, if he should or shouldn't be. He's upset, and he's not going to play from there anymore. So he's going to be on a different team. Russell Wilson, I think, is a little different. He's just sick of getting beat up. He wants some help. He's, he's sick of dealing with <laughs> practice players in the starting lineup and having to run for his life on every single play, yeah, which is also understandable. Both situations are completely understandable, but they're definitely different. Let's ask Peter King. Good thing we have him coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. This is Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen on Peacock TV Radio, serious comeback. Peter King coming up next after this break. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What was it like shooting that scene, though, with Ray Kinsella and his father? I mean, did, how many, how, how long did that, how did that, that Well, we had that? to do that. At, you, could, you notice that we did that at Magic Hour. You also noticed that when that shot pulled back and you saw all those cars, you know, now, but that would have been CG'd. But that was technically, uh, that was all extras that we called on the radio, come be in our movie. And they created that big traffic no. jam. Hold on a second. So that traffic jam, that's a real... That's a real shot. And the people from Iowa came, and so so many people feel like they're a part of that movie. So those thousands and thousands of cars that were in that giant traffic jam that went out on those two lanes, that was real. But in terms of playing it, in terms of, as you said, the, the quiet moment, yeah. how did you work that, Kevin? Well, I, you know, when it did, what I did was I went back to when I first read it. And so I become the audience when I read it. And I when I read it, I went... <gasps> I couldn't believe that it had orchestrated itself to that thing, and I had that feeling on the couch. And so I knew if I played that straight, if I didn't wink at anybody, mm -hmm. that these players did come. You know, that's my corn. <laughs> you know, Phil Robinson is the, is the architect of that movie. You know, um, I tell a story, you know, and I don't tell it often, but, you know, they, they kept coming after me. I wasn't going to be able to do that movie. I was going to do Revenge, and I got into a... Finally, that revenge kept getting pushed, kept getting pushed, and finally I had to put my foot down and say, look, uh, if you don't get this movie together, I'm gonna go to do this movie in the corn. I asked the director, why did you hold out for me so long? Why? And he said, well, and this is one of the greatest actors we've ever seen. He goes, they wanted me to do it with Robin Williams. And I said, I said, Robin Williams is perfect. He said, yeah, but when I think of Robin, I think he does hear voices in the corn. And I don't want that. People don't believe you hear voices. And that was a really interesting, that was a, that's a director that makes a save. That's a Mariano Rivera, you know, sure. it's a save. He saved his movie because of his belief in an idea, you know, not the quality of actor, because Robin Williams will never, of course, this is, this is a guy so special. But I, but I was curious. I said, he's actually a bigger star than me. You know, you know, whatever. And he goes, I need somebody that you don't think cares voices. And that would be you. I've never heard Robin Williams was considered for that role. That's unbelievable. And then you did it. And obviously we're, we're talking about it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had gold dust on it when I read it because I did that little intake of breath. <gasps> Do you want to have a catch? And of course I, I wept myself. Welcome back to The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. And Peter King from NBC Sports joins us right now. They're NFL insider. And Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to call in today. Sure, Susie. How are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm better than they are in Seattle, I think. I'd love to pick your brain on what you think is happening up there in Seattle with the uh, Russell Wilson saga. Well, I think for a long time um, in Seattle... Uh, people are not uh, exclusive to this. For a long time, uh, quarterbacks and most players in the NFL haven't really had a lot of authority inside the organization. 
even after they uh, have been there and played very well. Like Russell Wilson has started every game since he was drafted in 2012 and is a regular uh, playoff producer uh, for Seattle, been to two Super Bowls. Um, and I think Russell Wilson kind of looks around the league. He sees the authority and the uh, how much impact Tom Brady has on the decision-making process in Tampa. He hears and reads the stories about Patrick Mahomes coming in and saying, "Hey, Andy, why can't we do this?" And then Andy puts Andy Reid puts it in the playbook. So I think he wants to have some of that level of um, you know participation in the process. And you know, John Schneider is sort of a uh, you know from the Ron Wolf school. I'll pick the players, the coaches will coach them, and the players will play. And I'm not saying that uh, John Schneider is not going to listen to Russell Wilson because I think he would listen to Russell Wilson. But I think particularly now when it comes to the coaching side of it, I think Russell Wilson wants more input. It's very clear that he wants more input on what is done, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, it's not headed down a good path right now. Would you predict at this point, I'm just curious, do you think he stays there for the, what I was saying before in the first segment is Pete Carroll's a 70-year-old coach. He's not going to want to be in a rebuilding process right now. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Pete Carroll does turn 70 in September. Uh, He's going to be playing with a 32-year-old quarterback. And you have to ask yourself this question. I mean, because it sounds like if we continue going down this road and it continues to be this way, that at some point Russell Wilson is going to turn into Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm not playing here anymore. And so I think if that happens, Seattle's going to have to make a decision. Uh, Do they want to, I mean, and they'll make it long before they get to this point. Who are they going to side with? Do they want to side with keeping Pete Carroll? and starting all over at the quarterback position. And Susie, as you know, the quarterback is an absolute total crapshoot in the NFL. And Russell Wilson was the 75th pick in the draft. And in 2012, well, in 2016, the first pick in the draft uh, is gone. You know, uh, you know Jared Goff. And, and so that's why it is so... You have no idea who's going to make it, who isn't going to make it. So I guess I would just say that my gut feeling is that they're going to coexist this year, and then if it doesn't get any better this year, that maybe they have their Armageddon moment after this season. But I'm not saying it can't happen before this year either. Susie Schuster, Peter King here on The Rich Eisen Show. Can we delve a little bit deeper into, out of curiosity, his choice of teams? Bears, Saints, Cowboys, Raiders. How do you make sense of that? I mean, it makes more sense in, you know, depending on how Drew Brees wants to look at this season, Saints, Cowboys, we could see that. Raiders, Bears, what do you think, Peter? The Saints make all the sense in the world because who wouldn't, if you're a quarterback, who wouldn't want to play for Sean Payton? Susie, two years ago, uh, in November of what what would have been 19, I forget. No, it would have been November of 18. I sat in the uh, in the quarterback or in the uh, uh, offensive meeting room Saturday night before a Philadelphia New Orleans game, 
And I watched as Sean Payton and Drew Brees and the offensive staff sat there, and they went over every play in the offensive game plan. Brees saying, I like this, I don't like this, I like this. And it's basically called the black dot meeting because in that meeting, Drew Brees, uh, Sean Payton puts a black dot next to the plays that Brees really likes. And I think the night I was there, there was 40-some-odd plays, let's say 43, 45, something like that, that Peyton put the black dot next to him. And we're walking out of the meeting, and I asked Sean, I said, how many of those plays do you think you'll call tomorrow? And he said, I hope every one. And so, you know, I get, a fee- I get the feeling that Russell Wilson does not have that relationship with his coaching staff. So who wouldn't want? a relationship with your head coach where the head coach says, what do you want to run tomorrow? And you tell him, and then basically the next day he calls those plays. So I think that is something that Russell Wilson would love to have, as would almost every quarterback. But, you know, the one outlier in that in that list really seems like the Bears because, I mean, look, how much are you going to have to trade to get Russell Wilson? Susie, they got the 20th pick in the draft. I mean, that's certainly not as valuable as, say, the Jets at two or Miami at three. That's why that one really stuck out to me. Who, who are they going to? They don't have a quarterback to trade to Seattle unless they could get Seattle to take Nick Foles. Now, and that's not impossible, but that certainly doesn't have the value. He's not going to be your long-term quarterback. That's the only one that really stuck out and, and was a little bit quizzical to me. The Deshaun Watson difference, of course, being that number one, he's twenty-five. He hasn't gone. He hasn't. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson. You just think it's been so long. They have won a Super Bowl. They've been back. I'm curious about the difference, and we'll segue into the into the Deshaun Watson side after this. But I, I get it. I think that it's hard for Russell Wilson at his age and with his stature. He sees these younger kids being listened to more than he is. And it could be something as simple as that. It's him just putting his foot down and saying, I want to be heard. Yeah, I mean, look, I think this is multi-layered. I think this has to do with the fact that what is he, you know, he gets man of the year this year, but which is great, and he's wanted to win man of the year for some time. But although he won man of the year, he goes and sits in Roger Goodell's box at the Super Bowl, and he looks miserable because he's watching Tom Brady at age 43 have exactly what he wants. Tom Brady having a say with Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians in everything that they do. Tom Brady uh, parachuting into a team with tremendous offensive talent. And Russell Wilson has got to be watching that game with a little sense of envy saying, you know what, if I were in Tom Brady's shoes, I would have won the Super Bowl this year. And I'm sure a lot of quarterbacks could say that, but you know what, Russell Wilson is probably right. He could have won the Super Bowl with that surround supporting cast this year. But I, And I think he just has a little bit of envy when he looks at a lot of quarterback situations around the league and sees things that he doesn't have. Let's move on to Deshaun Watson. Is this the strangest situation that you've seen in a trade in a trade demand so soon after a contract is negotiated and signed 
for a 25-year-old kid to say, I'm not playing back. If you give us some perspective, have you ever seen something so strange? I really haven't. And, you know, in the first four months of his new contract, uh, Deshaun Watson made $28.1 million, which, you know, dwarfs the money he made uh, earlier, you know, in the first uh, four years of his career, nearly four years of his career. So, um, you know, it is weird. It's very strange. And I don't think five years ago that uh, I don't think five. Well, I shouldn't say this. I'm not sure that five years ago that a quarterback who had been he felt like he had been wronged by the owner of his team. I'm not sure five years ago a quarterback is going to say, that's it. I'm never playing for this team again. But quarterbacks are gaining the power in the NFL. You saw Tom Brady pick up and go where he wanted to go. Matthew Stafford told the Lions, I want out. The Lions complied. Carson Wentz, I want out. The Eagles complied. Um, And we'll see if Houston complies. The difference is that there has never been in NFL history a quarterback who is in his prime at such a young age, uh, at age 25, a top-five quarterback in the NFL, traded. It just has never happened. Now, people might say, well, wait a minute, Steve Young was 25 when he was traded by Tampa to San Francisco. But that was a totally different thing. Steve Young had been uh, brutalized in the USFL uh, with the Los Angeles Express, and then he went to the worst team in the NFL, Tampa Bay, and got the crap beat out of him for a year plus. And so, you know, he wasn't what Deshaun Watson is right now. Watson's coming off one of the best years in the NFL for a quarterback in 2020. So that's why this is so different uh, from anything I think most of us, if not all of us, have ever seen. And no team wants to be the team that, goes forward with that trade and sees him win right away somewhere else. I mean, that's what the, they're not, they're not going to want to see him go hoist a trophy elsewhere. So I'm sure there's that double whammy yet. You don't want to play with a quarterback who's angry. Who's not going to want to be out there. Do you believe that he has taken his last snap in Houston? You know, Susie, I've thought about this a lot and I've, you know, I, I come down on, on two factoids that Deshaun Watson has never had to make a decision like this in his life and stand there and get a lot of disdain thrown his way because everybody's on his side now. But at some point, I think that some of the uh, feeling is probably going to go against him. He's been, he's a, he's a boy scout. He's a, he's a, he's a perfect guy. He's been a great player and a great Houston Texan. Uh, he was great at Clemson in the community, everything. He's a, he's a wonderful human being. But on the other hand, Nick Casario takes this job after being in New England for two decades. And the thing we don't know about Nick Casario, he has watched Bill Belichick make every decision for, you know, through the Patriots dynasty, winning six Super Bowls. But he himself has never had to make a big decision. Never. So I don't know how I don't know how Deshaun Watson's going to handle it. I don't know how Nick Casario is going to handle it. They're both playing uh, hardball for now, and we'll see. But you know, honestly, Susie, 
One of the one one of Deshaun Watson's friends, somebody who's close to him, told me this week that the money is not going to mean anything to Deshaun. That if he says he's not playing for the Texans, he said, "I I think you can take it to the bank." So I my guess is, and I, I would assume this happens before the draft, but maybe it doesn't. Uh, that the Texans will trade him, but again, it is a wild guess. And that's all I can do right now because nobody knows uh, deep in inside of each person's heart. Deshaun Watson and Nick Casario, uh, and and also the owner of the Texans, Cal McNair, you know how far they are willing to go uh, until they step over that line and uh, and either trade them or basically say we're going to make them sit for the year. And Deshaun Watson met with his new coach last week and reiterated he is not planning on. Playing. What's the latest with J.J. Watt? You know, I saw this morning, um, I forget it, I think John Clayton reported it, that uh, that uh, he's, he's down to Green Bay, Tennessee, or Buffalo, all of which seem to be very logical candidates. Um, and I think if it comes down to money, he probably won't take Green Bay. But I think if it comes down to his heart, he would take Green Bay. I just don't know right now how seriously Green Bay is taking this. I know that uh, I, I interviewed him a couple of years ago when Houston was practicing in Green Bay. And I'm telling you, this is totally bizarre for a three-time defensive player of the year in the NFL. J.J. Watt was starstruck practicing on the same grounds that he had watched his Green Bay Packer heroes practice when he used to come up and watch training camp when he was when he was a boy growing up out, outside of Milwaukee. I I love that story because it it's so rare that a player actually acts human when it comes to that kind of thing that that he would right, actually take right. the time. I mean, it I shows that cool other side. Thing about that day, what I'll never forget is that he got this, and it's online. You can see it if you just Google. I don't know. Peter King, J.J. Watt, Green Bay, you'd probably find on YouTube this uh, NBC Sport, or maybe it's on NBCSports.com, this video I did with him. But it it just, he gets this faraway look in his eyes like, this is one of the coolest days I've ever had in sports. And this was an August practice on the fields across the street from Lambeau Field in Green Bay. And people who have been there know it's outside the Don Hudson uh, practice center that that green bay practices in and they have their training camp on these outdoor fields and jj watt was uh, just thrilled to be there so you could see him riding a bike next year you could see him picking up a kid's bike and riding i could definitely i could definitely see it do you realize he did ride a bike that day and broke the seat and he felt so bad (laughs) for the kid that he venmoed the kid's mother the money to replace the bike all right, Peter, we have a theme going on because yesterday when Michael Irvin was on, he basically confessed to stealing, I don't know how many bikes when he was a kid, right? In, in a Florida. lot of bikes. A lot of, bikes. A lot of bikes. A lot of bikes. So we have the theme now of Michael Irvin stealing bikes and TJ Watt breaking bikes. I, I think we should maybe start discussing cycling next. I'm starting to think that we have a theme going on here, Peter. Because <laughs> you maybe, know, listen. Maybe, maybe, maybe after after his football career, he'll do a he'll do a Tour de France spin or something like that. Can you imagine how how ridiculous T.J. Watt would look 
I mean, you know, riding a bike or, or uh, in a Tour de France thing. I, I think it makes, I, I, I don't know if I want to vision ridiculous. that. They'd have to get a pretty big bike. <laughs> that's, that, that's like the Jaws, though, right? They'd have to build a really big boat. Uh, Peter, can you introduce us to Chuck the dog, please? Because when I sit in the seat, I get to talk about what I want to talk about. It's usually dogs. So we, we came up with this for Chuck. Um, we gave him a little bit of a, of a stat look. Retriever lab mix acquired from a Maryland shelter in 2017. Tell us about Chuck the dog. Well, Chuck is sitting here right now. He's uh, he's waiting. Uh, I'm going to have a chicken sausage here for lunch in Brooklyn. Oh. And Chuck is very excited. Usually he'd be watching me as I would do a talk show. But today, uh, because the sausage is being made, uh, he cannot be bothered. But he's a good dog who barks too much, but uh, he likes apartment living in New York. That's all we care about. Any shelter dog will like apartment living. It's much better than a shelter. Peter, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Susie, you're 10 times better than your husband. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, can you just do me a favor and put that on a T-shirt, please? You could possibly... Uh, is that a drop, Jason? Hey, can we, can we save day. that thank forever? You. Definitely. Peter, yeah. I hope you'll come on next time. I'm back in the chair next time I lock Rich in the basement. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. That's the great Peter King. And I say the great Peter King because he said something nice about me. Is that wrong? <laughs> Not at all. I can just be I can just be really direct. Not at all. Sure. Be honest. Through the I, front door. I just try to be honest all the time. Lots more ahead. We're talking movie lines, Doc Rivers, Shaquille O'Neal, and Damon Lindelof, who's going to handicap the Golden Globes. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Come on back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We've done this before with you. Yeah. Um, I've got three social situations. You are the judge and jury as to what is done. Okay. Okay. First one is destination weddings. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's already funny. Destination weddings. I say to my wife, we're going to a destination wedding. We should not give a present because my presence is my present. What do you say, Larry? First of all, where is the wedding? How far is it? Another country. Okay, you don't even go. <laughs> you don't go. You don't go. But it's a close family friend. I don't care. I am not flying 14 hours on a plane yes. to somebody's wedding. I'm not going to do that. Even if it's a nice destination where it's a nice hotel and you're set up? No, 14 hours on a plane, you, you can't even breathe. Come on. So w- what would be the what the distance from your house that you would An hour consider? and a half by car. <laughs> That's it. 
No plane that you didn't. Okay. You, you don't get on planes for weddings. Right. Okay. Out of the question. Here's social situation number two for you, Larry David. Sure. You're going over to somebody's house. Okay. All right. For yeah. let's say the fight, the Mayweather McGregor fight. This okay. happened to one of our producers, sure. Ken okay. Tulo. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they brought desserts. Fight ends. Nobody's touched the desserts. They like these desserts. Is it okay to take the desserts home? All right, well, we did this on uh, Seinfeld. You did? Yeah, the marble rye. Well, the marble, okay. And here's the thing. Yes. You bring it over. Do they know you brought it over? Yes, they do. Well, if they know you brought it over, then you can't take it. But what if nobody's tried it? You know, it's not like a bottle of wine. A bottle of wine could it's be still, savored later on. It's still, it's a perishable. You're bringing it to the host, right? That's true. The host saw it. Mm hmm. It's different if the host didn't see it, then you can sneak out with it. <laughs> so if the host never saw it, if the you place it on the it. table and there's no note, yeah, that's when you could take it. If you think if you think you're not going to get caught, yeah, then you could take it. The problem yeah. is though, Larry, is you never know what was looking. The eye in the sky. Well, that's catch you. that's the that's the gamble. Yeah. <laughs> but if the host sees it, mm -hmm. you can't take it. All right, the last one for you, Larry. LD shoes off on a plane. Do you have a problem with somebody on a plane? I have a big problem with it. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them on. Okay. You know, d d don't make yourself. D it's not your house. All right. You're outside. You're in public. I don't want to. I don't want to see your socks. And uh, God forbid you have a little odor down there. Who needs that? Right. And I don't even want to know if you do have it. Exactly. It's close quarters. Come on. <laughs> Take a couple of minutes, keep your shoes on. So those yeah. who take their shoes off with shorts on and then put their socked feet up on the bulkhead. Oh, God almighty. No, no, no. Oh, God. That is out. Yes. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. And wait a minute, what's this I hear? Breaking news out of Houston. This could be it. This could be all the news we want to hear. What do we What do we know, Chris Brock? Do we have the drop, Jay, or no? M maybe? All right, well, let's tap wow. dance a little bit. Anticlimactic. We have been waiting for this news literally all morning. Breaking news from Houston. The Texans have released Duke Johnson. Released Duke Johnson. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. You, you got a running back drop, okay? Running back, Duke that's Johnson, great. released. Yeah, that's not what we've been waiting for. It's not? No. I I, I'm just saying, yeah. I would like major news to drop while I'm sitting in the chair. That would be great. I don't want to let Peter King awesome. down. Yeah. <laughs> I want, hey, like, hey, Texans, hey, hey, it's Susie. Hey, can you, can you maybe drop uh, Deshaun Watson today so we can talk about it? Like, hey, hey, listen, can you trade him, please? Can you trade him for me, please? Because I, I need news. Is that wrong? Is that selfish? Am I asking too much? I think all of the above, but I'm okay with it. Whatevs. It's okay. my chair. Whatevs. Yes. Okay, that would be, okay, what would Rich be more upset about? That or when Peyton Manning had to call in when I was filling in for him and he was like, what, what? Oh, yeah, the only you got time. Peyton the only time Peyton. Was that a year one? Huh? That was a I long think it was, time that ago. That was a Early. long time ago. It was, I think it may have been the first year. And was Rich the only was time doing Peyton something. Could call in. He was doing something. I think it was my first or second time. And I I think he was doing something. I think he was paying something off, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing a text like, oh, my God, you've got Peyton Manning? And, and he was crushed. If he could have teleported to be here, <laughs> uh, he would have. But he couldn't and he didn't, so I was here. So I'm just saying. I'm trying to look this up. Uh, I'm, look, I'm trying to find it. 
Trying to find that date and time. Trying to find the date that you were here with uh, with Peyton. That was really funny. I'm still looking for breaking news. All right, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> it's all right. Next time you'll have the drop ready. So I'm just saying, you know. Ah, right, here we go. September second, 2015. So let's do the math. Takes me a minute. That's six years ago. Five and a half. Something. I I went to a school that had no math requirement, and <laughs> and it's that was the best part. No math requirement. I took two semesters of statistics. That's awful. At Syracuse, that's it. No math. That's awful. No. It wasn't difficult. <laughs> I haven't taken a math uh, test for let's let's do the math. Can't do it. Nope. Putting me on the spot. Long time. <laughs> I don't, that's why whenever I did football or basketball. Don't make me say numbers. To this day, I don't want to say numbers. I mean, TJ, I don't want, don't quiz me. And by the way, TJ said, did you say JJ or TJ? I said, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, I, I, I think I refer, when I used to host the Southern California Sports Report, I believe we had Joey Cora on the Dodgers. Alex? Joey? Uh, Could have been either one. I'm just saying one. it was a Cora, so it was a Watt. But, you know, what, what can I say? We've got Doc Rivers coming up in the next hour. I'm thrilled to have him. I, I was uh, talking to Doc the day that he made the decision to go to the oh, 76ers. Okay. Did you have inside info? Did he, did he tip his hand one way or the other back then? Or? Well, back then I said, it's gorgeous outside. Why are you going to Philadelphia? <laughs> and uh, he said... And we'll talk about it today. I'm so curious about the Simmons Embiid thing. Mm. He said, I'm so curious about why those guys can't play well together. He also loves Elton Brand. Elton Brand, former Clipper from back in the day, I'm just saying. And I think he was intrigued by that. So I am looking forward to talking to him about what was, what's the special sauce, as you guys like to say. Why did that work? And also, we can talk to him about the logo, because obviously Kyrie Irving today followed up with another tweet saying that he, Vanessa Bryant reached out to him, said that she felt really good about his suggestion of replacing the Jerry West logo with that of Kobe Bryant. She reiterated that, and he basically said, I'm willing to put this on my shoulders. I want to take this forward. Obviously, Kyrie Irving being a huge Kobe Bryant fan, saying, gotta happen. I don't care what anyone says, Black Kings built the league. Well, Look at that. I mean, that's, that could be the logo. And I personally love the idea because I know everyone's wondering how I feel about it. I love the idea. <laughs> that's not that funny, Jason, Sorry. but it's all right, whatever. But I love the idea that somebody who meant so much to so many could become the logo. And it means that more because he's that much more because he's gone. Yeah. One of, co- one of uh, Kyrie's quotes from last night. Uh, I want that to be something in history that has changed forever, that our generation was part of that change. And if that means that I have to lead forward and get the conversation going, then great. Chris, can you think of any other player, current, past, who could actually make that transition to the logo to replace Jerry West? I mean, to me, it seems as though well, I think it's obvious it makes to say, perfect sense. It's obvious to say, Mike... Um, I think you can make a case for LeBron, uh, but if we're going to honor Kobe in this way, then I think he's a good person as well. I mean, people were saying, I was reading some stuff about this uh, last night, that maybe originally it should have been Bill Russell should have been the logo, uh, or Wilt Chamberlain, or Elgin Baylor, one of those types of players. Uh, but obviously Jeremy Schapp you know, came on yesterday and kind of told the story behind uh, how it came to be. People, companies, 
change their logos all the time. They undergo kind of image makeovers. Um, and then why not? I mean, maybe the time is now. The NFL has changed the shield a bunch of times. It used to be all kinds of different stars on the shield. They used to be kind of a different form, and that's kind of evolved over time. So why can't the NBA do the same? I mean, it's been the Jerry, quote-unquote Jerry West. They've never officially said that it's him, but it's kind of obviously him. It's been that way for what? Almost over 60 years. So yeah, the time, no time like the present. So first of all, I think Mike's already a silhouette. Just saying, like, maybe he's already a logo, so I don't know how Nike would feel about another one. Yeah, exactly. So Jeremy Shep texted me this. I started thinking about it, uh, about the connection with the logo. And this is what, um, this is what he followed up on with uh, the, the beginning of the logo. He looked, he, this is from the man who came up with the logo. I went through the files. I found a number of images of NBA players. I found a picture of Jerry West, which is what I used as the basis of the logo. I was attracted to it because it was nice and vertical. It had him leaning and dribbling. It had a little motion to it. I designed eight, nine, or ten different versions, and that turned out to be the most effective. I presented it to the NBA, and they approved it immediately and began to use it. So that is the actual beginning of the logo. That's cool. And I think if you're going to, maybe TJ, you have some thoughts on this as well. If they're going to change the logo and it's going to be a silhouette of Kobe, what is the image that you would like to see? Is it? Similar to the Jerry West one right now? Is it a fadeaway jump shot? Is it going up for a dunk? Like, what do you think would be a cool silhouette of Kobe Bryant that pays homage and kind of moves the, the you know, the scope of the logo forward? I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know about changing the logo. I'm just, you know, I, it would be easy for me to just jump and go, yeah, man, let's change it. But honestly, I'm not sure about changing the logo, but if you were to change it to Kobe, I think it would have to be like the the fadeaway jumper, probably. I feel like that would be... Totally. Because if you're going to use the dribble, then you might as well keep the logo that's already existing. So, right, right. But if you're going to change it to Kobe, you make it that, that Kobe, that Mamba, just plant the foot, fadeaway jumper, at the pit, ball, it's, ball is at its apex. Yeah, kind know. of the ball like just coming out of its yeah. fingertips. But again, I'm not sure how I feel about yeah, changing I don't up either. the logo. I, 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 don't. I kind of, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on it right now. Obviously, the Jerry West logo—it's so iconic, it's so cool. And then, kind of what we touched upon yesterday with Jeremy: what's the financial ramifications of changing the logo? Like, how much has to be paid to the Kobe Bryant estate? Is that something that even would take place? But honestly, that's something that I don't really. That doesn't matter to like us because we have no right. Of course, I'm just you know just got no skin about. in that game. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's such an iconic logo. It's it's hard to yeah to really say yeah. Go ahead and change it. And when Jerry West was here last year, when he he was in studio with us, he said right away, change it. Yeah, I think he wants want done it. with. It. Yeah, he's kind of over it. I I still love the idea of he brought in Kobe, he nurtured Kobe, he loved Kobe. And to, to send that over, if it's going to change. It's a cool passing of the torch. It's a beautiful yeah, okay. passing of the torch. Never really thought about it like that. It makes so. a lot of sense. The fadeaway jumper would be cool, but I, the, the picture that Kyrie posted kind of in the similar. That's a dope picture. Yeah, that's a yeah. pretty dope picture, and I think that would be a cool logo. And like Kyrie said, um, to be the generation that, that makes this change would be cool. It just stinks that we're even having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to ask Doc Rivers about that when he comes up. Doc Rivers, he'll be our 
First guest in the next hour, Doc Rivers, up next. I still believe, though, that it has to be a buzzer beater shot because the only person who loved a buzzer beater more than Kobe Bryant was Mike, right? And if you watch and you know that Kobe idolized Mike, we sure. saw that a lot in the last dance. The way he talks, the way he played his game. The I way mean, he yeah. practiced. It was the, the same person. The, the, the aggressive nature of his practices, yeah. how he wasn't afraid to get in people's faces. If you watch some of the celebrations that Jordan had, and then you watch Kobe's, they're almost the same thing. Maybe that's a good poll question today. Just like the NBA change the logo. I think it's a great poll question, Chris. Let's do it. Let's do it. And if you have thoughts, I give us a call. Weigh in. I mean, I, I'm certainly could be swayed either way. I think it's a cool idea, but I also love history and tradition. And the NBA logo is just so iconic as it is. Like, I don't know why you would want to change it, but I certainly hear Kyrie and understand Kyrie's point in all of this. Why don't you call us, people? 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-RICH. Call us. We'll talk. No big whoop. Just saying. There's a reason why I said that, and it's coming back later. And that's part of the movie lines. Is movie lines are next. There's a reason why I say, call us. We'll talk. No big whoop. It's your turn. It's my turn. It's your turn for movies. But I just gave you a nugget that you don't know was a nugget, Mm. but I gave it to you. Well, you kind of hinted yesterday. Call me. We'll talk. No big whoop. Does anybody oh, remember what that's oh, from? Oh, interesting. I feel like I do. God, hey, by really? all means, weigh in, Jay, because it's, it's over our heads. You don't remember this one. Call me. We'll talk. No big whoop. Oh, that sound is that Saturday Night Live? It is. Okay. And that, my friend, is a nugget that you'll never get for you, Chris Brockman, coming up in Movie Lines. Let's do it. I'm just saying. I mean, I dominated TJ's yesterday, so it's... I knew nothing. I was... <laughs> I might as well have been doing my nails during that, because I was like, what? Okay, I don't get it. If it's not Pootie Tang, I'm out. I love um, how you said Pootie Tang for the one, too. I love Pootie Tang, because Wanda Sykes is one of my favorite people in the world. I've never met her. I'd love to meet her. I would be so embarrassing. She sat in that chair. I know. It's annoying. Doc Rivers coming up. Shaquille O'Neal, my... Seven foot one security blanket coming up. And Damon Lindelof, who I can't wait to talk about with Lost because, oh, an article came out in Vulture yesterday with all of these in New York Magazine, all of these nuggets about Lost. And I loved Lost. I watched them all in a row. It was embarrassing. All of that coming up next on The Rich Eisen Show. Stay tuned.